What's possible if you let go of the shoulds, right wrongs, and supposed tos? What could you create? Who would you get to be? And what would you experience as a leader, parent, colleague, or whatever hat you're wearing? What qualities would you bring to the space? This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today of foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Welcome back. Today we're talking about mistakes. Mistakes happen. They're a part of life. They're inevitable. So how do you behave when you make a mistake? What does your inner dialogue sound like? Do you put yourself down and tell yourself you're not going to make that same mistake again and then you update your workflow to avoid making that same mistake? Do you apologize for making the mistake? Do you berate and shame yourself in front of other people who were affected by your mistake to show them how badly this is affecting you? Does your response to mistakes change based on what the mistake is and if others are affected? So now let's flip it. What do you say to yourself or find yourself gossiping about when someone else makes a mistake? Let's say that person who made the mistake was flippant. They don't seem to care. They don't acknowledge the impact that their mistake has had on you and others. Then what? What do you make that mean about them and you? What story plays in your head? What I'm probing into is humans do like a weird song and dance as it relates to mistakes. We just do. Oftentimes, more often, we expect others to handle their mistakes just as we do or better. If you're someone who steps over mistakes or covers them up, then you're likely more able to notice that in others and you might even be more understanding when you see it because you do it too. If you're someone who shames yourself in front of others and now you're the person who's the affected party of someone else's mistakes, then you might find yourself judging them as not caring or taking things seriously. If you're someone who immediately updates your systems and processes to avoid or lower the probability from that mistake from happening again, then you might find yourself judging others who don't take action to improve, and you might find yourself racking your brain as to how they could be so dense to not see this pattern, to identify the problem ahead of time, and to avoid it from happening altogether. And does this, is this how you treat yourself as it relates to mistakes? So to put an example around it, let's say you're building a house and you just selected the exterior material for your house, like let's say it's siding, and um, you went to the siding shop 
asked what the lead times were for the various materials. And the siding guy said, like, well, this section of the shop has a 12-week lead time, and this other section of the shop only has a four-week lead time. So you decide to choose the siding that has a four-week lead time because that's the perfect timing to side your house just before the snowy winter. So you order the siding, you pay for the material, four weeks go by and you hear nothing. So you call the siding company and you ask for an update. And they say, oh, it looks like your siding won't be available for a while. It's looking like it'll be available next spring, taking that to about, yeah, it looks like a 30-week lead time. And they say this like in a chipper, positive energy. They don't apologize. They don't acknowledge that this change has any impact on the project or your life. And so then you ask, like, what happened? And then they nonchalantly respond with like, oh, I don't know. Another bigger project must have like been placed in front of yours or something like that. I don't really know. What's the inner dialogue look like here for you? If you're like most people, you're pr- you probably get a bit angry. You might even judge them as not being accountable or empathetic or proactive for the impact it's having on you. Oftentimes, people are also mad that this vendor didn't take the initiative to call them to let them know of the change, requiring them to figure out it, causing more resentment, blaming, and judgment. What if the sighting guy showed remorse and apologized? Does this lessen your anger? What if the guy told you of all of the ways he tried to fix the lead time and he couldn't find a solution? Does that lessen your anger? I ask these questions because this is the edge of transforming your relationship to right wrong. It's, it's wrong he didn't take the initiative and it's right he tried to find a solution first. This is also the edge of transforming who you want to be despite the other person's reactions, behaviors, actions. The way this person is behaving is wrong and I would do it better. That's kind of what it sounds like. What if you were the builder here and you have historically sent a lot of your clients to this siding vendor and you were treated this way with your own siding for your own house? Do you see yourself saying, well, then I won't be sending all of my customers to you anymore if this is how it's going to be? All of these demonstrate being attached to how things should go. When you're so attached to how someone should be acting in a situation, then you automatically and predictably go to feeling mad and resentful and then trying to like swing your power around to get what you want anyways. The next phase often leads to not caring anymore and being really resigned in the situation. And that can sound something like, it's just, it just, it is what it is. This happens to me all of the time. It's COVID right now and this is just how the world operates. So I guess I just have to like, be a doormat, and wait for the sighting to come. And so here, there is this common spectrum that people live on. They swing from being super attached and then giving up and swinging to being resigned. Both sides are equally disempowering and dysfunctional. Both sides equally keep you being at effect of the circumstances in life. Is this way of being still working for you? If it is, have at it. But if it's not, then what's a different lens you can see the same situation through? 
What if lack of accountability isn't wrong? And what if it isn't true that the sighting guy performed bad? How do you even measure how wrong someone is or right someone is? Who is measuring that? Is that the same lens you hold yourself to that keeps you trying to always make the quote right decision and avoid making the quote wrong decisions? Because then what do you make that mean about you? For a long time, I personally fell in this pendulum swing. If the sighting guy wasn't remorseful and didn't take the initiative to call when he learned of the timing change, I would make him wrong and bad. I made that mean he lacked integrity and accountability because my ego was the type who would have me publicly fall on the sword hard while secretly hoping that others would respond in a way of like, oh, Rebecca, it isn't that bad. You're doing good. It's, it's just a silly mistake that happens to all of us because like I really fell on that sword hard and like really berated myself in front of others. So when I didn't see that same response in others, I made them wrong. That's how I made that situation. That's how I interpreted the situation. Because otherwise, if they weren't wrong or bad with how they were showing up, then I interpreted that to mean I must be bad or wrong for thinking and feeling this way, which is a pretty strong incentive to keep this belief of them being wrong and them being bad in place. Otherwise, I'm wrong and bad. And this place that I would be left in is like a lose-lose situation. Either they're bad and they're losing, or if they're not bad, then that would make me bad, which is a, you know, which which is a loss. And so it's like this lose-lose situation that I would find myself in. So what do you want to do in this situation? What are you committed to? Are you committed to getting your house sighted before the winter? Then shop other vendors and talk with your current vendor about a refund. What about your anger with how they showed up and your belief of a lack of accountability? What are you committed to there? Consider what you would want in those situations. Who do you want the other person to be when you make a mistake? And that's assuming that his behavior and demeanor is even qualified as a mistake in like your world of interpretations. So who do you want the other person to be when you're falling within that interpretation of like being bad or being wrong or making a mistake? I personally think of two of my high school teachers. The first teacher had a rule that you couldn't talk out of turn. If you did, then you got a strike. And after three strikes, you got a detention plain and simple. When I talked out of turn, I got the I got the detentions. But the person my teacher was in those moments of giving me the strikes, he was very pragmatic. He didn't make me wrong for talking out of turn or make himself right in those moments. He held no judgments in those moments. No judgment that the detentions were bad, no judgments that I was bad, none. He wasn't attached. And he also was not resigned in the situation. He was committed to having a disturbance-free classroom. And this other high school teacher, the second one that I'm thinking of, would be caring and non-judgmental. Like I mentioned in my first podcast episode, I was the kid who had all the parties in high school. He knew it. This teacher knew it. And he asked me about it. What did I do? I told him, I don't know what you're talking about. 
And he didn't make me wrong or bad. He didn't berate me. He didn't show me remorse. He didn't judge me. He simply got compassionately curious about what was going on for me. I bring them up because that is what I want from others when I make a mistake or when I'm avoiding a confronting thing. I want them to be pragmatic. I want them to be compassionate. I don't want them to jump in the pool with me of emotion. I don't want them to judge me or make me wrong. Once you've identified what you would want from others when you make a mistake, I invite you to model that same behavior to others. With this sighting guy, what could you teach him if you modeled accountability to him, modeled compassion to him, modeled creating a win-win to him? What's possible if you let go of being mad or being a doormat and came from this place? I would assert this would give you a lot more energy and bandwidth as you're causing your life to happen here and you're not hooked and being at effect of the situation. Because at the end of the day, it's not really affecting the sighting guy that you're mad or completely resigned. All it's doing is decreasing your own quality of life. In spite of how it seems to be, I invite you to choose who you want to be and what you need to do to feel better about the situation for you. That takes a ton of power and a ton of courage. This shows that you have access to this because you're giving it to yourself first and then you're giving it to others as a gift. And I bring this as a topic to the podcast because this right, wrong, good, bad, like paradigm or context shows up everywhere. It shows up everywhere. It shows up in all of the decisions and it really keeps people choiceless. Like there's only one way of doing it and that's the right way. That's the good way. In order to be good, I need to make the right decisions. And so a lot of the work that I do with my clients through coaching is identifying the things that are in the way of the client's commitments. And it's often these, these beliefs and it's getting the person to their personal best. And that looks a lot like identifying these beliefs and then rewriting them. It's distinguishing and it's empowering. It's getting out of your own way. And what that looks like is identifying and being aware of what's keeping you in the same place. What's keeping you mad all the time? What's keeping you resigned all the time? Where do you live on this spectrum of attachment and resignation? And then from there, it's designing actions that are in line with a person's commitments and values. So what? So the sighting isn't going to come. What action can we take here? Who do we want to be? Do we want to be ticked off the whole time? Or do we want to enjoy ourselves? It's a lot of revealing your current context and practicing new ways of showing up in the world. That's the growth. That's the transformation. All right, that's it for today. Keep trailblazing growth and taking those bold leaps. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth. Finally, make sure to check out my website, trailblazersgrowth.com, for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.